Hello, welcome to Embodied Vision, the podcast about eyesight and the role it plays in our holistic health and well-being. So today I have with me uh, David Glassman. Um, very, um, very pleased that he's agreed to come and have a chat um, about the Bates Method and and uh, whatever else <laughs> comes up. Um, so, David, would you like to introduce yourself? Is there any your background or what? But maybe what got you into the Bates Method in the first place? Maybe that's the place to start. What got me into the Bates Method was that I always had very, very poor sight right from whenever. Um, my mother used to take me to the borough clinic along with my sister, who had a lazy eye. And I have these memories of going into this very, very big room that was big, big partitioned off and it was all black and dark and then you had light shone in your eyes and it, it wasn't a nice experience at all um i was forced sometimes to wear glasses which i hated but i couldn't see well near or far i didn't really know i just accepted things and as i was getting a little bit older certain things like little emblems that my friends could distinguish I couldn't so as I say I sort of just accepted this until it came to when I was about 17-ish or something and starting to learn to drive and I went in for my test and I was asked what the number plate of the car was, and uh, I couldn't read it. So uh, I had to give up my uh, driving license, which obviously meant quite a big thing then. It's at that stage that I was given a book about the Bates Method by Dr. Peppard, and something seemed to ring with it. And uh, I think also I got the Harry Benjamin book, which I tried certain things. So I did a lot of exercises, but they didn't work. It didn't make any difference. My eyes were tired, strained. And so I gave up, really. And many times I actually would go back to it really because I still believed that there was something there and really I think it was only when I started to learn in my, in my mid-30s uh, the Alexander technique that I began to realize that the kind of method and energy that I was actually putting into what I was doing was actually the cause of the problem yeah, learning that's, Alexander. yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Learning the Alexander gave me a whole insight into really the less you do, the more you achieve. That here I'd be straining to see 
and one of the main things about what Dr. Bates said is that, oh, no, sorry, I think it was uh, Huxley, wasn't that? Um, that seeing should be effortless. Any attempt to see will create a strain. As I say, I forget which of the two that uh, said that, but it's absolutely true. And the key really was about learning what relaxation was. That's really, as I say, what uh, got me into it. And then coming across Miss Sage and going to her for lessons and then realizing that I did want to teach and studied with her and started to discover things that I didn't before. Mainly what I couldn't see. And one of those things was that I saw things very, very flat. I didn't know. I didn't know what 3D was really. I remember when 3D Vision Cinescope came out years ago when I was young and we all went to see this. We were given these glasses and uh, everybody was going, wow, wow, wow. And I, I just I didn't understand what all the fuss was about because I couldn't see in depth, but I didn't even know what depth was. I, I remember when I was at primary school, we had a park next to us and as kids they'd take us all into the park and we draw the the leaves of trees and I, I really I couldn't see the detail I could not see the detail at all and working with Miss Sage I began to realize really what I'd been not achieving by not doing what the book said that if there was, and, and I religiously did them. If Harry Benjamin would say, do this exercise 20 times, I'd do it 40, but I'd do it with strain. And this is really what began to make the difference, learning how to see, learning what other people may see that I didn't see how. So basically, as I say, that's how I got into it. And the other thing, again, was I began to see colours. That was fascinating. And to separate out things. So mm -hmm. very, very, very lightly, that's, that's my story, really. Yeah, thank you. That's really, it's really nice to hear here the i mean it is a summary because that's life isn't it the, the but but having that thread of that of your early childhood experiences kind of negative experiences of of being tested and and then coming through this journey of looking looking for something and then and then discovering this process that that actually um, allowed allowed you to make discoveries about your own about your own eyesight and, and well the most frustrating thing really when I was growing up when we hit early teenage years 
with with some of my friends that were going into glasses already if we looked at something without our glasses my sight was far superior to theirs but if we all put our glasses on their sight was far superior to mine all the glasses did was magnify things cause strain whatever mm-hmm. it made things bigger therefore maybe i could see something uh, and recognize it in a different way mm-hmm. even more frustrating was with opticians they would give me the test they would give me the glasses that were strong enough for me to see more than maybe i could without but i'd say to them why is it then that my friends can see with their glasses but mine don't bring me up to a stronger strength mm-hmm. and none of them could actually answer oh you should do but we don't know why okay yeah the doc dr bates really this is the why this is how what when wherever mm-hmm. and that is how to keep your eyesight improve your eyesight because i never saw well i cannot understand anyone not wanting to do anything to keep their good vision mm-hmm. i just appreciate you know whatever i can see yeah so you you mentioned that you took lessons with um, miss sage um, when was that around about? Uh, but, 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 the time see. scales on these things. Um, it probably would have been um, 80, 82, I think, possibly that I started with her. Maybe okay. about mm, a yeah, going into then train with her. There's so the 1980s, period. it was during the 80s. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and what was she like? She was someone who was a bit Marmite, really. <laughs> um, so Marmite, you, she, either, she was, you either love she, it or she, you hate yeah, it. She, she was born in 1900 and a typical woman of the 1900s. We couldn't have first names or anything in the class. She was very orthodox in a way and it was hardly sort of uh, good humor laughing or whatever but she had gold dust right and if you could actually realize that you could learn an awful lot from her it was trying to prize it out that was the thing (laughs) and um you had to stick along long enough for the magic yeah uh, she had a relaxing moments i mean as i say everybody was either mr or mrs or madame except for there was a young girl called ruby and we could call her ruby but then one day she actually took in this lady with her daughter who was very young and miss sage being in her 90s got down on the floor with the child sitting opposite to each other with their legs open facing each other rolling marbles 
to and from rolling marbles just to see how and get the eyes working. Mm. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, with a, there were those moments, but most of the time you were, if you like, on duty. Okay. But she knew, she had that magic. Somebody would come in, she would know what the issue was. Mm -hmm. Whether they could handle that, that's different. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 There's something about about that in this work that you you need to be ready for it. Yes. Because it took a few years. Um, I went and had a few lessons with her, but I don't think I was ready for it yet. And it was a couple of years later that I went back to her mm -hmm. and then I trained with her. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So here's a question. Uh, the question is, what is the Bates method to you? The Bates method has to be looked on from its history. As Dr. Bates was a medical ophthalmic surgeon, he came at it in a different way and it evolved over time. Obviously, he started from the traditional point of view, but then his mind opened up and really, it began to be about people and learning about that the emotional side, the mental side of seeing was so, so important. Everything we did was governed by, by the brain. The brain was the computer that sent messages right down through our nervous system and reacted as with every other part of the body, that the eyes also, muscles, muscles work to change the shape of the eye. This was the first thing. The sad thing is that he only wrote the one book, which was only ever edited by other people that didn't understand. He revised things in his journals but not the book. And the main thing that comes up really is the biggest enemy is the strain, is the stare. That's what it put down to. And I think no better book than by Aldous Huxley in The Art of Seeing, which I think is the best book written ever about the Bates Method. Mm -hmm. So basically, I would say that learning everything has a structure to it everything has a process and this is what happens with our eyesight we learn we learn to see in a particular way certain things can interfere with that and then we practice that and we perfect in a way those irregularities that cause vision to start to fail there may be other factors that come into it as well. Okay. But generally, normal eyesight, and I'm not talking about medical conditions, that's very important. But just general eyesight 
can, like anything else, work in a better way or a worse way. We can interfere with it. Whether it's studying, whether it's running, whether it's reading, whatever, whatever it is we're doing, we can learn to improve things and to make things better for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's what I see in the Bates method. Yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's like, um... and a very, very well respected ophthalmic surgeon who gave up the the fury about being wonderful, being top of his profession for something that he actually believed. And when he would come out with things like saying, every day we opticians disprove our own theories, but we won't believe our own eyes. That's something. Mm-hmm. And somebody in that profession says that. And yeah. It's a pity really that we know that uh, I, I think all of us would love to work with opticians but opticians don't necessarily want to work with us. Yeah, it's uh, um, the 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 interesting thing about Bates starting out as a orthodox medic, but then his learning being rejected, and so the Bates method has now it's sort of firmly in the alternative health sphere. For want of a better word, but it's not it's not where it started at all. And and it was just the well for me it's because it, it's holistic. It's not a reductionist method, <laughs> it's a holistic method, and that just the thinking behind that is just um a different sort of thinking to the allopathic model. So the, the, there's sort of not a place for it in the in that in that orthodoxy and yet and yet that's where it came from it's um but that's a that's a whole kind of social political (laughs) kind of avenue we might not want to go down well that's right i mean for me in any case if i had to sum up the bates method it's about relaxation Mm -hmm. it's learning what relaxation is Especially, it's not just passive relaxation, it's dynamic relaxation. Mm, I love that phrase. Mm, Yes, Uh, it it is such a beautiful, beautiful play. Yeah, Um, it's, they they intermingle. Yeah. Because if you want to learn relaxation, you can learn it through the Bates method, and you Mm -hmm. can learn the Bates method through relaxation. Yes. And if yeah, anybody yeah. says that relaxation is rubbish, is harmful, well, they really do need to be questioned on that. Well, yes. they need to relax, don't they? Yes. <laughs> you used a beautiful image once. I remember at one of the meetings we were talking about this and you used an image about a cat. Do you remember that? 
I never remember anything I say. Um, <laughs> okay, well, let uh, me. But with cats, yes. I mean, uh, yeah. Th this is, uh, uh, yeah. No, well, what you what 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 the image was was that dynamic. It was a it was a, a way of illustrating what dynamic relaxation was, and it was like mm -hmm. a cat that's yeah. on your lap and is relaxed and purring and you know and just sitting there having a nice time. But then, if something catches their eye, they can just suddenly leap away really elegantly. And, and just have that access to to that that movement um from that from that place of 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 kind of calm um, but not in a not in a hectic way and the fact that if you actually try to play with a cat by moving your finger okay uh, let's put it there okay the cat will actually either do one of two things it will follow you by moving its head or it will ignore your finger mm -hmm. if you start to notice what people do they start moving the eyes in the head mm -hmm. and this is not how really normal good relaxed vision should work mm -hmm. and you don't see many cats wearing glasses do you mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so that 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 illustration of seeing involving the head, and then that involves the neck, and then that involves the whole body, and that 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 thing of it not being that that you need to engage your entire system, not just your eyes, for good for good seeing. Yes, uh, and the fact that the eyes really are an extension of your brain. And I wanted to study more about this. And if you actually see people, when they're engaging, their eyes move to certain places. Many visual people, usually, if they're trying to recall something or create it, their eyes will go up. Now, to do this, the muscles have to work to take the eye up and if they're doing that then they can't effectively do something else for example accommodation so they can't actually be working effectively to adjust your vision the eyes need to be in the middle of the socket most of the time mm -hmm. yeah like the cat resting on the lap, but with the ability to move quickly in any direction when called upon. Yes, yes. We have the ability to move the eyes quickly, but that should send a signal to return to allow you maybe to turn. Mm -hmm. So your eyes basically shouldn't go first. And then you, because then you're straining your neck, as you say, you're pulling yourself out mm -hmm. of kilter. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the, the, even blind people, you will see their eyes moving. Yeah. When they're trying to recall something or think of something. Yeah. And that as you're that, doing now. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking about my next question and about the that that well, I suppose it's that link between the thought, the intention 
where your where your thought process are processes are what your mind is doing and and that the importance of that in the whole scenario mm. yes and these things can start off very very young and they influence us greatly especially at school if a if a child is not interested as dr bates said you know you have to have an interest if you want to see mm-hmm. yeah and if you are bored with a teacher or a teacher is picking on you or friends are bullying you, these can all influence how your vision actually starts to work or not work. Mm-hmm. That's a natural thing. Yeah. So you took lessons with Miss Sage um, and then you started to train as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Kim. Can you talk a bit about that journey of, of, of kind of learning how to pass this work on to other people? Sorry, do you mean what happens when I give lessons now? Well, I don't know, but whatever, maybe what the training process was like with Miss Sage, if there's anything interesting there or okay. or how how you, what, or experiences with clients yeah. or... Just, well, just... I, I was putting information all together, you know, reading lots of different books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I scouted around because a lot of books were out of print when I first started. So a lot of the major books uh, I read, discovering people I'd never heard of before. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so because I was an Alexander teacher and working with other things as well, yes. The lessons themselves, it was split into two. Mm-hmm. I would meet up with her on a Friday and we would go through Dr. Bates' book, the original book, um, and we'd discuss these things. But on Wednesday, her training was done through the clinic. So she would have pupils come on a Wednesday and what we would do is we would take them through the various procedures or whatever uh, you want to call it um, under her supervision. Um, When we actually took people in we had to create a space so there, there needed to be an hour towards towards the end of the period where we could actually debrief about what we'd been doing etc but more important it had to be tea time (laughs) i was i was going to say something serious there where it's like it's very important where you're 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 learning how to be with clients and she's observing you teaching new clients and then she gives you the message will give you feedback and a cup of tea was there cake involved with the tea absolutely tea was very very important and as i say she was a lady of the 1900s and would not be budged on that yeah but it was important to be able to discuss the cases and to learn in that particular way and this again 
with the other learnings that I've done formatted me. When, when you're teaching, you're also the student. Mm -hmm. You're there to study the, the pupil that's come to see you. You're both doing this. You have to learn what they are doing, how they're doing it, when they're doing it, all of these kind of things. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so important. I am called a teacher of the Bates Method and a teacher of the Alexander Technique. But I hate, I hate teaching. <laughs> I much prefer the pompous title I am a facilitator of your learning. Okay, yes. I have to learn at least as much from a lesson as the person that I'm giving that lesson to. Mm -hmm. That's the only way, really, you can communicate. And it's not for everybody. You have to want to actually do something. As a teacher, you hope to inspire but the pupil has to want to learn. And that's yeah. the important thing. You have to want to learn as well. You can't stand still. People are different today than in Dr. Bates' day. Mm -hmm. Can't teach in the same way. People are different. Yeah, and the challenges are different as well. The challenges are very, very different. Mm -hmm. um, Certainly, you have to be able to use your eyes more these days than when I was young with computers and everything like this. And it's even more important that you're not stuck at one particular distance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Reading the book just there without change at all is not how our vision is meant to be. Mm -hmm. Simple little things that we can build into our life. So, yes. There are exercises that have come around over the years, but it's more important what you actually do and fit into your day. Yeah, there are as many hours to use your eyes well as there are to use them badly. Yes. So the first thing really is learning what you actually do. The stare, what does the stare mean? How do I know I'm staring, you know? Those are the basic things, really. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. I love that. It's an adventure. Yeah, because sometimes the phrase, you know, vision journey or, yeah, yeah. learning to see and the and uh, framing it as an adventure, um, it, it also gives the honesty of there not being an end point to the process and that well, it's about learning you know just like there's not an end point to eating well or an end point to exercising or you know that the, you know if you don't you know if you go on a diet and then you you know you're you're healthy and then you stop <laughs> then it's all going to go back isn't it so you it's like about it's 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 lifelong lifelong learning yes absolutely it, it is lifelong learning alexander if i can quote 
he was asked, Mr. Alexander, do you still find that you have to think about what you do? And he replied, God forbid the day that I don't. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the basic thing. If we stop thinking, we, 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 we have ended our journey. Mm-hmm. Every day is a new day. Every day something can be different. Yeah, in nature, if it's not growing, it's dead. There is a lovely expression that says you can never step into the same river twice. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And also with the idea of vision being very a fluid thing and vision being that sort of flow of images that we get and that optic flow of walking and and that 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 it's like a like a river our, our visual information flow is like a river and yeah and we never see the same thing twice mm. yes and as a teacher there is nothing better than when people come and tell you they have discovered this they've discovered that mm-hmm. they because then they own it yeah that's the first you may have told them 20 times 40 times 300 times but it's that one time they go hey i've experienced this you know mm-hmm. then then that's it really yeah that's the lovely thing yeah. and you step back and you give them room you give them room to grow mm-hmm. yeah and just just sort of being there as a support for their application of the Bates method it's like you can't you can't give it to them you can but I suppose you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink to use another river river metaphor yes Um, yes and sometimes we get lost in the Bates method or the Alexander technique really it's about certain people that discovered incredible things they worked with incredible things and they passed this on and they were the seeds really for us today because all Bates teachers are going to be unique they will all bring their own qualities and we need to keep growing ourselves as teachers Mm -hmm. because we can't pass things on unless we're still growing Mm -hmm. yeah keeping it alive Yes, and and this is the basic thing as well. It's it's what Doctor Bates discovered. The seed is coming out through us, and as we have to go back to the roots, and that's why I think it's important that we all get together as much as possible, discuss things as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes, our teaching can be different but the core always needs to be the same. And that is what Dr. Bates discovered, mm-hmm. that core. And that is what we've worked on. And that's what we keep going back to. And that's why it's such a good idea to keep an association. Yeah. Yeah, and just people need people and community. And especially when it's uh, something which is not, um, there's not a lot. Uh, there's not a lot of Bates Method teachers out there still. There's there's 
internationally it's growing but um yeah keeping the the flame alive it, yes as you say keeping the flame alive uh, and certainly miss sage would have absolutely wanted this trained by the scarlet sisters very very much it was yes dr bates work mm -hmm. then it was up to us afterwards once we'd learned that work yeah to have the integrity really to to actually translate it into today's society but yeah. still keep to the basic because our, the one thing that will never change really is our brain power yeah we can use it more i think i think there's something like the the people who have trained as Bates Method teachers or who have encountered the work um, and have got benefit from it for themselves, um, that that there's a sort of deep, there's something deep about it. <laughs> there's something where that the essence of what happens when people learn how to see well whatever that means to them that um sort of brings up this um <laughs> i don't know yeah like loyalty to the work or sort of keenness to pass it on but there's something there's something about it that the the when it when it sparks somebody it it stays there like once once the spark is lit it's like it stays with them and they're, they're they'll always have it um and 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 whether it's on a personal level or whether it's wanting to to kind of teach other people well i got when i first got into the field of if you like i hate the expression but alternative medicine mm -hmm you started to realize that you can't separate out the physical from the mental mm -hmm. they work together you improve one you improve the other you're happy with one you're happy with the other mm -hmm. and that people's lives it's not just about eyesight it's change yeah you open up you see mm -hmm. it's why this this word vision okay well, a lot of the time, if we use the word vision, people interpret it in a different way. That's your life, lifelong ambition or something. That's my vision for life, you know? Yeah. Um, we use we use these words. Oh, he's got myopic thinking. <laughs> yes. We use these words. They all relate to the eyes because the eyes relate to the brain. The brain rules us. Yeah, there's there's so many wonderful visual metaphors. Yes. The 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 echo for people and yeah. Yes. It's very, very illuminating. <laughs> it is. Shine the light. Yes. Exactly. All of those. Yeah. Is there any client that you've had that was particularly inspiring or they're all inspiring, oh. unless they don't stay. <laughs> um, yes. Unlike the Alexander technique, um, people, when they learn the Alexander, tend to stay for a long time. Mm 
and you see the changes over a longer period of time. With debates, people will learn and then they can go on their own way more. They, they, they don't come back to you and back to you. So you don't see the long-term results all the time. But you know you, you've planted that seed if you've done it well enough. So yes, I, I will see in general, people can often become more open. Mm. You see that, well, um, there's one thing that hit me a long time ago. This woman came to see me and she she said that she used to have very, very good eyesight, but now she was losing her eyesight. And she'd been a librarian. And as such, really, in a way, she came up with this expression that absolutely knocked me out. She said, I feel people have been using my eyes. Hmm. That said a lot, really. Yeah. It's that, that side of it. And uh, to stop this, um, um, there was one woman who was a, a counsellor at a college. And again, um, really, she was taking on the students' problems. Mm -hmm. And she... Um, she learned really to distance herself from the problems because sometimes we do have to dissociate to, mm -hmm. to deal with something properly. Or and the, that, that made a very big change, yes. Yeah, and when you, just when you said the word distance from the problems, there was like a sense of leaning back and then a, 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 a change in perspective that that gives. Yes. It's like more 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 peripheral awareness immediately comes in with a, a distancing. Yes. And not yeah. getting stuck in you tunnel need, vision. You need to be adaptable. Um, if you take palming, for example. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, normally, when you palm, you're going to feel that nice warmth, the heat that can come through it. But then I had one pupil who didn't like heat. Mm -hmm. So we had to do exactly the opposite, you know, like a stream flowing down. Mm -hmm. And that's what helped to relax her, you know. That's why I say you have to sort of work with someone not to just throw facts at them. Yeah. It won't work, you know. It's the, the relaxation that is key, not the procedures or the activities or whatever yes and as you say the journey you know it's it's so so important to see life as a journey many people sort of think they know what they want and if they do get there then they don't know what to do afterwards mm -hmm. or they don't appreciate the steps they've taken that oh it was a waste of time you know mm -hmm. no it wasn't a waste of time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like the Edison thing about discovering the light bulb I don't know if you know this but they say it took Edison a thousand goes to invent the light bulb therefore 
he got it wrong 999 times. Yeah. And Edison said, no, I just found 999 ways that it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can learn from anything, really, you know. Um, and we all have different learning styles. That's the important thing. I I I like the the Edison story in like in relationship to people seeing blur is sometimes they're beating themselves up about it and wanting to get rid of it and really angry with it and and that that idea of well it's you're just that's how you're seeing just now you're learn you learn what you're doing <laughs> what you're doing just now <laughs> and that's how you see and 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 that 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 seeing it as a as a step or as a just what's happening um in order to learn you know or get that eureka one in a thousand uh time yes and you may want to cut the next bit out yes this is why i i went out with 999 girls before i found a light bulb oh and i married her oh dear <laughs> <laughs> no that's sweet yeah no you sometimes you gotta well from the uh yeah the female perspective sometimes you have to uh, kiss a lot of frogs oh yes yes <laughs> yes uh whiskey's got a lot to answer for um, <laughs> but you know this, this, this is the basic thing and as to say we're all different and it's to enjoy life sometimes you have to learn to enjoy life Because we get thrown so much at us, we take on all problems, and we eat it. We eat it. You know, it's um, it's. Uh, it's I mean, my journey has has been incredible, really. And uh, often we we harbour more on the negatives, not the not the positives. Mm -hmm. So the brain will reproduce that. Yeah, and sometimes the 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 relearning to see journey or the the vision quest <laughs> through eyesight or um, it it can be as simple as finding pleasure in looking, like you know a blue sky or the clouds or and 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 having that connection with the the visceral experience of seeing on a on a very um yeah not a needing to gather information way not a needing to drive way not a needing to you know get dinner cooked by a certain time way but just as a aesthetic experience that's constantly available yes yeah uh the whole the whole thing about it uh it it is a metaphor for seeing because it's it's like eating as well if somebody serves you up a meal and that meal wow it looks really tempting you know and what you want to do is to woof it down in one go and some people do mm -hmm. but the whole idea is supposed to be you cut it into manageable bits 
Then you take it and you digest it. And this little signal should come back. Hmm, okay, I'll have some more. Until that signal goes, hmm, that's enough for now. Mm-hmm. This is the same with seeing, really. Mm-hmm. Cut it up into little bits, put it together, digest it, give yourself a break. That's why we blink. Mm-hmm. Cuts off that vision for that moment, allows the brain. And if you stare, you, mm-hmm. you stop blinking. And then you get that constipation of the eyes, the constipation yeah. to the brain. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. I I haven't thought about it in terms of food before. Like that, that pleasure, taking what you need, not taking too much, but also that digest phase. And I like I really see palming as that rest and digest thing so that you know once you've had enough then you can you have a place where you can go and just digest everything you've seen <laughs> in the dark and and rest your whole system yep yep little, little, little steps little steps get you there yeah yeah and um, it's taking something out of everything uh miss sage used to well obviously she's gone now so she can't now um, but she had a, a little routine called Grandmother's Footsteps, uh-huh. which would be looking at the chart, walking towards the chart and then stopping when you saw it well. Then closing your eyes, remembering it, and then just take a little step at a time. Open your eyes again. Open your eyes again. And if we were taking someone through this, then... If the moment that they might start to lose it, mm-hmm. take them back for another palm, mm-hmm. and then you bring them back to that exact spot. Mm-hmm. It's always reimplanting. Um, if you ever work with Tony Buzan's work, he would talk about the recency factor. That is, that the brain will remember the last thing that you actually did. Yeah. So you have to be careful with this because. If you remember more losing it, that's what the brain will start to do. So you have to reinforce the remembering. Yeah, and that's a real teaching skill, isn't it? Like getting to that place where they're doing really well and seeing well and then stopping and holding it in the memory. Yes. So it's refreshing all the time. Otherwise, you know, how many times do we go, oh, I've forgotten this? Well, that's what you're teaching your brain to do. Yeah. Really, teaching. It's fascinating when I see uh, dog the dog programs, how to train a dog. Mm-hmm. That's how we should be with our brain as well. Mm-hmm. When it does something, right, good boy, good yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. that more. Have yeah. a treat. Yeah, I found the keys. I knew I would. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes oh. when people when sometimes when people see well, um, I mean there's the the phenomenon of the clear flash where the vision comes in jumps and people just see well for a moment. And then, then the disbelief kicks in really quickly, and there's a sort of like that never happened, like or that was a dream, or that's not my reality. And then, 
so maybe yeah if you kind of put something tangible in there like the the doggy trait whatever that means means it's like no that happened that was a real thing you know and that's just not you know that's you you've, you've got that you know that capacity uh, yes I mean there's so much I mean uh, as I say for me it's been one hell of a journey um especially the second part where I had time to learn to appreciate the things that I did in the first part. <laughs> Do you mean in life? In life, yeah. 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 My change came really in mid-30s when I had knee problem. And uh, that, that, that was a pivotal point, really. Mm -hmm. uh, that really changed for everything. And uh, uh, I just had a different attitude mm -hmm. and the, the main thing in a way was learning that if anything had gone wrong in my life maybe just a little bit was down to me mm. not god or you know an ex-person or something but it might be down to me and the more i sort of came across that idea the mm. more I loved it, because if it was down to me, then I could do something about it. If it wasn't down to me, I couldn't. Mm. Deeply empowering, finding your own agency. Sorry, I missed that. I was saying you, you found your own agency, and that just sounds so empowering as a as a process. And and sometimes I feel like that is like with glasses or contact lenses or however else it's it's almost like giving up your own agency for your own vision it's like this is you you, you kind of it's it, yeah it's you give the power <laughs> over to somebody else to say what you should see um and that 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 there is something that happens with people who are successful in this method where they take that on so that i, I think there's something really deep and important with what you're saying there of like discovering that it was down to you yes yes not the glasses yes uh yeah um one of the things i i, I tried contact lenses uh you know after i'd failed my driving test i was at work um my eyes felt really bad, but what I didn't realize was what they were doing until my friends started taking their mickey out of me. Because I I, I, I was like this, you know. Just like blinking a lot. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I, I hate to think what some of the girls must have thought, you know, I got up to them, hello. <laughs> you know, um, so I had this involuntary control over them. Um, and I was round at one of my friends one day. His father was an optician. And he saw me and he said, stop wearing those. You'll lose the reflex action of blinking. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hadn't got a clue that I was doing it. It was only, as I say, because my friends were taking a mickey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Otherwise, uh, yeah. So, yes, some something takes over, doesn't it? Yeah, as you say, it's a good word agency. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I'll probably forget it tomorrow, but you know, it's <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> Stay in the moment. Yeah. yeah. But who knows what's gonna happen tomorrow? Yes. 
it's another day, isn't it? It is another day. Another yes. Day. Um, I mean, uh, we we all try and plot things out, but I mean, who knew COVID was going to come along and what it would actually do? To... No, nobody saw that coming. Huh? <laughs> nobody. Maybe a no. few. Uh... Yep. So... And, and and see, once something's in, as they say, you you, you don't really know it until you've experienced it in the muscle and this has happened with a lot of people that want to stay at home instead of working mm -hmm. they don't realize what they're going to miss out on learning process that you learn from somebody mm -hmm. all of those things a camaraderie the, of being at work or something like this wherever you go you don't appreciate those things but if you Oh, yeah, well, you know, I don't really have to get up. I don't have to sort of get the clothes on or whatever. You know, I don't have to make an effort. If it gets into the muscle, then it's very hard to shake it. Yeah. It can be, you know. Yeah. That's why, you know, it's refreshing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I started to read positive thinking books, and they would say very much that every day, there's such bad news all around us that we need to do certain things every day to keep ourselves positive. Mm -hmm. Read something, talk to somebody, whatever. Otherwise, you just get dragged down. And then, yes, you know, um, Richard Bandler, the main creator of uh, NLP, mm -hmm. he would say, who's driving the bus? Yes. Yes, I love that as well. Yeah. yeah. Is it you or is it your father or a teacher that, you know, this, 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 you know, you're still running their strategy of life yeah. until and, you break it, yeah. Yeah, and, and not even just in uh, other people's influence on you, but also, like, in your entire body who's running the bus. Like, you kind of go, oh, my legs don't work, my eyes don't work, you know, my and it's like oh wait a minute whose whose body is this <laughs> or like what is this you you know it's you the person that is being talked about and that there's there's actually that, that there's a driver you can be the driver of your own bus yeah learning that and uh also not trying to suppress something uh that that may seem to be wrong okay um Oh, I've had a bad thought. Oh, I mustn't have bad thoughts. No, you you need to listen to them and then reframe them. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you try and push them away, and that's the thing, if you try and push them away, they'll come back with a vengeance. Yeah. They might lie deeper in you and they might take a different form, but it's actually recognizing something and then learning how to reframe it. Mm -hmm. so don't, don't be afraid of negative thoughts. Uh, um, negative thoughts keep you alive mm -hmm. otherwise you just cross the road you wouldn't look to see if a car's coming or not mm -hmm. jump out of a window because it's quicker <laughs> break your <laughs> neck you know um negative thoughts keep you alive but it's reframing them yeah welcome them yeah 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 and having other sorts of thoughts as well this was a big change for me um, in that, yes, 
people think differently. And, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't take, you know, I, I'd get into trouble a lot because I would always think, yes, I was right about something. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't give an inch, you know, and it's learning. And again, that goes with the vision. Mm -hmm. It's opening up, you know. It's, yeah, uh, being open, being flexible. Yes, yes, you, you, you realise certain things. Oh, I didn't see it like that before, you know, when somebody says something, you know, it's looking at things. And again, this would have been certainly, you know, with my sight, if I look straight onto you mm -hmm. and I stare, that's all I'm going to see. I don't notice that there's this side of you and that side of you and that there's a gap between you and the wall behind you. So when you introduce these things, you know, then your whole neurology can start to respond. Yeah, just filling in, filling in the gaps, putting in context, reframing, constant reframing. Every time you turn your head, there's a reframe. Yes, every time you turn your head, you're doing part of a short swing. Yeah. Did did the world move for you? Yes. <laughs> this is the thing. It's uh, you know that. If I move one way, you appear to move the opposite way. Yeah. How often do we do that? Mm -hmm. So it's refreshing it, renewing it, affirming it. Yeah, those are the things. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, yeah and I just the, the Bates method as a tool for living. I sometimes think of it as a spiritual practice even. It can be. It can be whatever you want it to be. It's as simple as that, really. And if somebody just takes it as an exercise, they might be lucky, but often they're not. It's, you know, again, with the Alexander technique, Alexander didn't like exercises, but he believed in exercising. Mm -hmm. Every time you stand, you sit, anything you do, you're exercising. Yeah. And again, who's driving the bus on that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the wonderful thing about it. David, thank you very much for speaking today. It's been really lovely to have your insight and your experience and to hear the stories about Miss Sage and her tea. Um, so, so yeah, thank you very much. If, if you think of anything else and you want me to add anything else, you know, mm -hmm. you're welcome. Just, uh, you know, do that. Well, we're very, very grateful. Good luck. To find out more about David and his work, click the link in the episode notes. I'm Anna Bambridge, and you can find more episodes and information about classes and workshops at embodied.vision. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.